Dig Podcast is back. I am your host, Caroline O'Neill, and it's an absolute honor and a privilege to bring you some of the most inspirational stories and guests on the Dig Podcast. And not only are they inspirational, but they're also actionable, which is probably most important. We want to be able to take small steps every day in our businesses and in our lives to improve things to make things better, to de-stress when it comes to thinking about our work and life. Will that ever happen? I don't know. But we need to believe that listening to people who have been through it all, walked the walk and are able to share their experiences will help us. And I absolutely believe that. So get ready for another inspirational, actionable guest on the Dig Podcast. Today on the Dig Podcast, we're talking all things money. Now, I know the toes are starting to curl and everybody's like, what money? I don't have any money. But we all do. If we're running business, there's money in, there's money out and there's needing to be management of that money. And honestly, over the past, well, I when I had my shop, obviously I juggled all those things, but actually I feel even more frazzled now because I have two two businesses, um, Dig for Success and Dig Mama. And then my husband's also self-employed now. So he has his business and I help him with his um, management of his books so I do feel a wee bit all over the place and I don't really know where I'm at and I often have conversations with business owners over god who how do you know you know how much you're spending how much in so much out what what expenses you have are those expenses legitimate can I put them through a business and VAT and tax and all those things I find are are talked about a lot amongst business owners and we all seem to be running around in circles so I said right I need to figure out how we're going to um, fix this. And I started to follow Lisa, who's known as the lady accountant on social media. Now, you're going to meet her very shortly. But Lisa, even if you just land on her grid on Instagram, for example, you're going to see lots of graphics that it's like she's delved into your mind where she she's answering questions that we're all thinking. So I knew she was my woman. So I reached out to Lisa and um, she's like, absolutely, I'll come on the podcast and we'll cover lots of different topics. So this is going to be a jam-packed podcast all about managing those accounts. So get the pen and paper ready. If you're out walking, we will do show notes. And um, so if she mentions any good tools or tips or tricks or links I'll have it all in the show notes for you um, but yeah get ready and we're all going to be whizzes at the end of this for managing our finances so welcome to the dig podcast Lisa thank you Caroline and thank you for inviting me on I was absolutely delighted to be asked oh here I wish I had got my heart on now when I see your lovely <laughs> back at me but you look great but you're also a whiz at all things um accounts and what is your background Lisa have you been doing this for long or what is your story Yes, absolutely. So I'm a chartered accountant. Um, I've got over 10 years experience in both working in accountancy practices and in industry. And I've lived in UK, Ireland, Australia and New Zealand. So there's a wealth of knowledge there, many different industries. Um, I formed Lady Accountant back in 2021. And the reason being, I had so many potential clients come into me saying that their accountant was more traditional in manner. They received a once a year tax bill. They didn't really know how those numbers were derived or how their business was actually doing. And they just didn't understand. And they felt silly maybe asking their accountant or if they did, they didn't really understand the explanation they got. So the lady accountant was set up with the ethos of giving a more personalized, modern approach to accountancy. We think of ourselves more as 
I like to say finance business partners with business. So we like to partner with you to teach you strategies to grow your business, to make you feel confident in making those really hard business decisions that we're going to talk about later. How to set yourself, your business up the right way. Even if you haven't done so for years, you can still make changes in your business. And just to really empower you as a business owner to take control and realize this is my business. I can understand the numbers. And yeah, that's our ethos. Every client is important, no matter how big or how small you're valuable. We are approachable and personalized. So yeah, that's our goal. Wow. And I think those words of, you know, even if you've never sorted it out, it's never to, you have to sort it out sometimes. And I think that's what happens is you become, you feel like you're so far in that you actually can't sort it out anymore. And yeah. I'm just funny, I just had a conversation with my beautician earlier and she was like, like, I'm, I'm afraid to delve in like, and I'm yeah. like, but wait till you hear Lisa, she's going to help you. <laughs> so we're going to dive straight in Lisa to yeah. the, yeah, the struggles. Like whenever I, think about I don't even know where to start so you kind of have a plan for what we're going to talk through here and yeah. you talked about bank account being yeah. the thing that we were going to discuss do you want to sort of just dive in for us then yeah so the first topic I kind of wanted to cover was the five top tips that I have the five basics of setting your business up the right way and these apply even if you have had your business 15 years and you think I need to sort all this out. So whether your business is new or established, these are top tips that you should have in your business. So number one is a bank account. Every business should have a separate bank account. It doesn't have to be a business bank account, but it should be separate. And I'm going to be really strict here and say no personal transactions through. Keep your personal transactions in your own account. The reason for this is you can very clearly see what income you have in a month, what expenses you have in a month and straight away know your profit. It makes it so much easier to manage cash flow. You'll be able to see a rhythm with your either your bills due without thinking, oh gosh, my mortgage is coming out or something personal. Um, and you'll be able to make better business decisions. So you'll be able to understand, can I hire a staff member? Can I buy a new product line? Can I afford this stock this month? Can I actually pay myself a better salary? Because that's important too. So a bank account is really, really important. And I would urge everyone, if you don't have one set up, go set it up. Set it up right now, move over your direct debits and be strict. It will change your business. So is that a, that's a, like, thankfully I do because I've been in business in the shop. I automatically just did that. But is that a thing where people are actually managing their own business out of their private accounts? Is that So if you have a limited company by law, you have to have a separate business bank account. But if you're a sole trader or a partnership, you don't have to have a separate business bank account. You can use your own joint or personal account that you have. Um, and that's why a lot of people just stick with that because maybe they've set up the business initially and they put some costs through it and it's just rolled on like that. So today, that's your task. Put it on your list, set up a new bank account and move over your direct debits. Any business okay. there that hasn't done that, it will be transformative for you and it will make tax time so much easier because everything is in one place. So, okay, so if you're listening and you're in that situation, don't stick your head in the sand and it's going to help things. It's just getting around to doing that, but take this as your sign to do that. Okay, so bank account is first. Next thing is profit margin. 
Every business owner, no matter how small, no matter how large, should be tracking their monthly profit. Now that you did a scary face there when I said that, Caroline, and that is not a scary word. Profit is so simple. It's essentially money in minus your money out equals your profit. Do it once a month and do it from the first of the month to the last day of the month. What was your money in and what was your money out? Straight away, that will tell you, are you making a profit in the month or are you making a loss in the month? And that is so important to know because it helps you make informed decisions. You need to know what revenue streams are making money. Can you invest in other revenue streams? What costs have you been paying for that you maybe shouldn't be paying for? Where can you reduce your costs? How much profit are you making? And what does that profit mean in terms of tax perspective? So what is the easiest way to track your profit? So if you're a sole trader and you have a small number of transactions, you can download on our website, the bookkeeping spreadsheet. And in it, you very easily type in your sales for the month, you type in your expenses, and it automatically calculates your profit and it estimates your tax. So that's brilliant. You can straight away put a little lump of money into a tax account and you've your tax saved for. You can say, I've made £2,000 profit in the month. I can invest that into the business. I could pay myself a little bit more money. And once you know that, that's so empowering. But now, if you're bigger than a sole trader of a small number of transactions, my belief is that you should be doing monthly accounting with your accountant because you can get so many insights from that. You can work out your gross profit margin on revenue streams. You can make way better decisions. So you can decide, I could hire a few more employees here, which would bring in more revenue. And you can decide what tax structure your business should be under. So it's all about making better decisions. And ultimately, knowing your profit helps you plan for tax. It helps you plan for the wicked word that we're going to talk about later, which is VAT. Um, it helps you know what services are popular with your customers, what aren't, what services cost you a lot of money and what doesn't. And ultimately, it brings home more profit. And therefore, that's more money home to your family. And that's every business owner's goal at the end of the day. So I would definitely recommend every business um, tracks their profit. And also a lot of businesses are seasonal, um, Caroline. So they go up and down throughout the year. So you need to be able to plan, okay, January and February are slow. So in November and December, I need to keep some of that profit aside. Your accountant should help you with decisions like that. And a prime example is if anyone listening hasn't heard Caroline's podcast with Colin from Bob and Burt's, Go and listen to it after this because it is a brilliant podcast. And Colin says in it that his business really transformed when David, his brother-in-law, came on board, who was an accountant. And they started looking at the profit margins per dish. And they found that by cutting one slice of bacon, they saved £37,000 per year. And like that's what we try to say to our clients. It's the simple changes that really make a difference. Yes, and that was like when he said that. I, now obviously, he's got a lot of shops, like fifty or whatever. Mm -hmm. and that, but still, even to have that huge impact with making one change, and he didn't mm -hmm. realize that someone like you came on board. So, are you saying that we should either as sole traders or as limited companies or whatever should be sitting down with our accountant once a month? That's good practice. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Ask your accountant do they offer that service? They should do. 
and um, sit down with them, have a monthly review call and look at your revenue figures, you look at your cost figures because you'll get really great insights for your business. You'll be able to understand your product sales and everything like that. So they can link to their accountant software. So what we would do within the lady accountant is link to your bank account and we can pull all those transactions in and bring in those insights for you. And you don't have to do that. It's taken out of your hands. So you can focus on strategies to increase revenue and we can tell you how to do that and provide you with the results. 15 years I've been in business and I've never sat down ever on a monthly. Um, You know, I just openly admit that, but it's something that I would look, I just feel like I need now because I've got so much going on. I'm sure there's lots of people listening don't really know where they're at because yeah. money's in, money's out. They're so yeah. busy. But it's as important as dealing with a client, isn't it? It's as, as, as important as any other aspect of your business, if not more, probably. Absolutely. All of our clients that take on the monthly accounting have grown. They've grown their business. They've grown their revenue and they've grown their profits. And that really means you grow the more money into your home, which is what every business owner wants. Um, so it's definitely extremely beneficial if you want to grow your company. They always think of yourself in big company terms. They do monthly accounting. Every month they sit down and look at what happened in the month before. So how can we make a plan for the month forward? It makes, it makes sense. It scares me. This scares me that I neglected it. And and I'm sure those people listening are like, oh my God, I'm afraid of what that means. But it only mean good things because you know what's going on. So right. It's, everyone does it in their own life, you know, in your own home life. You look at what you spent in the month and what's coming up in the month ahead. So do the same for your business. It's the same principle. No, good woman, right? You're whipping us into shape here. So the next thing that we're going to talk about is hourly cost rate. What do you yes. do? Okay, so your hourly cost rate, this every business owner should know their hourly cost rate. To calculate your hourly cost rate, you add up all your business costs in the month. So that's your rent, your rates, your salaries, your purchases, um, anything that costs cost your business money in the month. And you divide it by the actual hours that your business works. So whether your business works 80 hours in a month or 20, divide it by that. That is the amount that your business costs to run per hour. You can actually download on our website, we have an hourly cost spreadsheet where if you just put in your costs, it will automatically tell you what your hourly cost rate is. It's really quick and really simple to use. I would recommend people download it if they don't know their hourly cost rate. What the hourly cost rate allows you to know is this is the minimum I need to make in an hour in my business to break even. For example, a very simple example, Caroline, is if you provide a service that costs £20 an hour, um, you sell it for £20 an hour. So nails, a beautician does nails for £20 an hour, but her hourly cost rate is £30 an hour. She's instantly making a loss. Doesn't matter how many sets of nails she does, she'll be making a loss. So she needs to either get rid of that service or increase her prices. And that's a scary concept to people increasing their prices. They don't like to do it, but it's better to do less quantity at a higher price and make a profit than do more quantity at a lower price and make a loss. So sounds so simple, but it's so hard for business owners to get their head around that. We're always afraid so of the hard. increase, aren't we? Yeah, but you know, facts are facts. And if your business business costs £30 an hour, but you're only taking in £20 an hour, 
your business won't last long and you'll struggle. You'll not be able to make a salary and you'll get demotivated and it will just have really bad impact on your mental health long term. And you'll not be able to understand why until you really break it down per hour. So that's what I would recommend. Talk to your accountant, ask them to help you work out your hourly cost rate. And then you always know that figure, especially at the minute with electricity prices, rent prices, all prices are going up. It's probably a good time to review your hourly cost rate and think about, are we making a profit? So that will help you with your profit margins. And that is my number three tip. Work out your hourly cost A lot of people would not know what their hourly cost rate is because they just haven't done that simple exercise. So we're going to link um, Lisa's um, The Lady Accountant website in the show notes so people can go on and download those free templates. Thank you for giving us those because I even struggle with creating templates or spreadsheets to actually figure that stuff out. So that's no a great help. So the next thing that we're going to talk about. Hire an accountant. An accountant. Yes, go for it. So people think hiring an accountant is a luxury. It is not. It is a smart business decision. Hire an accountant. People hire expertise in everyday life. They get a plumber in. They get a gardener. I go to the hairdresser to dye my hair blonde. I would never dream of doing it myself. But then people think when they start a business or have a business, oh, I can work out my accounts myself. I can work out my taxes myself or I don't need input from my accountant. They try to do it themselves and fair play to them, but it is hard. An accountant is not a luxury. It's a smart business decision, I always say, because you're hiring someone with years of experience in different industries, in different regions. They can give that experience to you. They also have years of training and tax law. They know how to deal with HMRC. They know how to deal with employees and payroll. So soak up that knowledge and ask for their help. What they can, what would take you days to do, they could do really quickly. So you can use that time generating revenue while they get your accounts done. So I would definitely recommend hiring an accountant. But the flip side of that, Caroline, is I talk to so many people that maybe just don't gel with their accountant. Maybe they are um, a female retail business, but they go to an accountant who specializes in all the farmers or agriculture. So their accountant maybe just doesn't get their industry or they just don't click together. So get someone that you that you don't be silly asking questions to. That when you leave a meeting with them, you fully understand your numbers, you understand your profit, and you understand how they got to your figures. Um, make sure it's someone that you think is approachable, that you can pick up the phone and ask a call and you don't feel like a bother. Um, so just get someone you click with. This is your business. You provide a really good service to your customers and your clients. So expect the same when you pay for a service and don't feel embarrassed to say that. Um, I would definitely go with someone that makes you feel empowered to grow your business. That's important. And if there's anyone listening and they don't have an accountant yet, if someone reaches out to an accountancy firm, is there upfront prices for people to see like how much it is for an accountant per year? Does it, is it based on different things? Just in case people are wondering, oh, I don't think I could afford one, but they're actually too embarrassed or too shy to reach out to find that information out. 
Absolutely. So I don't know, every accountancy firm runs differently. Within the lady accountant, we offer free consultation calls and we give all prices up front and you can choose to pay that price either annually as a bill or monthly direct debit in order to manage your cash flow a bit better. So we give everyone upfront prices and we won't complete any work until they are happy with the price. Now, ask if you there's a content that you like ask them can you have your prices up front because that's that's really important so you can manage your costs and if they can't give you prices up front maybe try and negotiate something but definitely you should be able to get a price up front for your service might notice a different field of the podcast and that's because in the past I have traditionally allowed businesses and brands to pitch to you guys in the middle of the podcast so that was their way of giving all the best bits about their business and a great way to advertise for them but I feel now like it's my time to let you guys know what I've been using and um, both products and businesses that have helped me be a better person and I always say you can't separate normal life from business life what makes you a better person makes you a better business person so you're going to find a mix of everything you'll probably hear me talking about things that I enjoy with my family things that I personally enjoy and use and also businesses and products that are making my business better as well so a total mix but hand on heart recommendations from me to you that I know is going to help you as well and that's what it's all about um giving real life honest reviews so very exciting for the podcast delighted to have all the businesses involved that are on the journey ahead with me so today's episode is brought to you by wild and free and wild and free is like an irish outdoor brand and it's all about encouraging you to oh just get outdoors and it's just good for your mind and your overall well-being and i honestly have found that i have started to yeah life's so busy with work and all i want to do I'm doing all this for my family, but at the weekends, I just want to spend time with them. And we get outdoors, we get off the devices, but I want the kids to enjoy being outdoors with us, with me and Jared. So we have been going on day trips, we've been having staycations, and we've been wearing this lovely brand called Wild and Free. And Wild and Free was actually founded by Ashleen and Robbie, who have three kids, just like me. And they wanted to just switch off from working life as hectic. And they decided they want to get outdoors more, just like us. And they wanted to be wearing clothes that were easy and, you know, still felt stylish, but functional. And that's exactly when Wild and Free was born. It's like effortless and timeless. It's lovely hoodies and T-shirts and beanies and backpacks. And they also have this great um part of their range called the cobe so it's like the coat and the robe now I am not a sea swimmer so I don't wear it for that but you know like nighttime walks when it's getting chilly and um, I haven't worked to the football matches yet with the kids but it would be great for that school runs but then also Jared loves to sea swim so he could throw his on when he comes out of the sea as do the kids so the cobe is definitely an investment piece when you consider how many times you're going to wear it but the it's like a unisex range so I have a hoodie Jared is the round neck jumper um, the kids have the cobes. It's just, it's just lovely and it's easy to wear. If you have to go out on a head out for dinner, you can still wear your hoodies and still feel like stylish. So I've been loving it. We've been loving it. And the team at Wild and Free have said they'll give everyone who listens to the Dig podcast an exclusive discount if they enter Dig 15. So you'll see me wearing it on my socials anyway if you're over there. And yeah, live your life wild and free is their motto. And that's what I intend to do. Follow them on Instagram at Wild and Free Outdoor and join the Wild Tribe community.
Now it's back to the Dig podcast. Once we have that all set up, so we have our bank account going, we've downloaded the spreadsheet for our profit margin, we know our hourly cost rate, we've got an accountant on board, we need to now set some goals, isn't that right? Yes, absolutely. So a lot of times people set up their business and they have great business ideas and they get going with them and then their business remains a bit stagnant and they can't understand why things aren't moving, changing, growing. So what I say to you is you need to set annual goals for your business. So in the Lady Accountant, we offer strategy sessions where we decide on annual goals for your business and then we break them down into monthly and quarterly targets. So we'll talk about Okay, so in the next year, you want to grow your profits by 50%. Let's talk about the strategies to put that in place. You want to cut your costs? Let's do that. You want to hire employees? This is how we do that. We'll look at your revenue. We'll look at your costs. We'll look at different techniques that other industries have used and see, can we apply them to your industry? It's really the strategy sessions are great because you get a fresh set of eyes with a knowledge of many different industries, provide an innovative um ideas that you've maybe never thought of and so definitely set goals for your business and be accountable to those goals so jump in your strategy sessions every month every quarter with your accountant and make sure that you've hit those targets and if you can't hit those targets rework your plan there's you don't want your business to get stagnant you want to keep growing business owners are ambitious so set goals constantly to make that happen Oh my God, another thing I'm so glad. Sometimes I'm on these calls with the experts on the podcast. I'm like, how have I even got businesses at all that I'm, I haven't been doing any of these things, but I just, I, I'm in the mind now of the people that are listening to you, Lisa, and life is madness. Like, I mean, crazy, yeah. crazy. But again, if you do want growth and you do want to push your business forward, it's a new world now. We need to be looking at all of these things. There's so many more variables now, I think, than there used to be. I don't know. Am I right in saying that? Like, I mean, things are just different. Look, and it's very simple techniques that we talk about. It's nothing daunting. So, for example, I had a lady join me for a strategy session in January and she was completely overwhelmed because she wasn't getting any new clients and her books weren't filled up therefore she wasn't making much of a profit and she couldn't pay herself salary and she was talking about closing her books or her business and we talked about strategies um, we put in very simple methods um, and met once a month and she was able to implement all those methods and as a result by April she had increased her profit by 427% and she had started paying herself a stable salary. So it's just someone else looking at your business that you've maybe got no fresh ideas for and saying, hey, why don't you try this? And amazing things come from change. And without disclosing, like obviously her, her business or anything, what, what, like, would there be any of that, any strategy there that you, that she did that changed things for her that you could share with us? So, for example, at the current period, she was she was providing her clients with a service and she was limited to the hours in the day that she could work. Therefore, she was limited, limiting her profit. But by putting products online to sell via Instagram and creating a website and which I call passive income, I'm a big, big advocate of passive income. And by promoting them on social media, she was able to increase her profit just by selling goods online. And it was minimal work for her once she had got it all set up, but it created a passive income stream that changed her life. 
Oh my God, I love that obviously because of my job and everything that I do, because I'm always encouraging people to sell themselves online and their products. So that yeah. makes perfect sense and pass money as you sleep is how we all exactly. want to be making it. So, um, okay, that's really interesting to know. So setting goals, like what, is there anything else then overriding things like you talked about, like paying yourself a salary, for example, like I mentor businesses obviously not in finance so you thank god from what you're saying but i do mentor businesses as a like a business coach social media or a whole strategy around business and it would actually scare it scared me the amount of people that said they don't pay themselves any money and i always i i fear for them then and their mental health as well because we're doing this you have to make money but what would you say about that paying yourself a salary talk to us about that so that there's three big hurdles that I think a business overcomes that has to overcome in order to be successful. And the very first one that I think always hits people first and foremost, and sometimes the hardest is paying themselves a salary. When a lot of business owners set up their business, they typically don't pay themselves a salary because they're so all their money goes towards getting the business established and getting it looking and presentable in the way they want it to be for their clients. And they kind of forget to pay themselves a salary. And as time goes on, they start getting employees, et cetera, and they are just never priority. What I say to my clients is that can't continue. That's in our strategy sessions. If I find out you're not paying yourself a salary, that's the first thing we'll change. Because if you don't pay yourself a salary, you're going to very quickly get demotivated. You're not going to put your heart and soul into your business and that's going to fail. So how do you pay yourself a salary? And it comes back to those basics of accounts that we've just talked about. Separate bank account, start looking at your profit margin every single month. How much profit are you making? And can you expand that profit? Set up a strategy session with your accountant and pick a small achievable salary for the next three months and put in strategies that you can implement to achieve that that um, salary so start prioritizing yourself maybe you don't need the new cushions in your salon next month start making decisions like that and then as your business grows and grows look at opening passive income streams like we've talked about and other different strategies that you can pay, put in place to widen your profit margin and give yourself a better salary every single month because you need to motivate yourself and ultimately if you can grow your business and pay yourself a bigger salary, that's more motivating every single month. You'll still want to keep growing and growing and growing and then there'll be no stopping you. Oh, I love that. No stopping you. Everybody's listening going right. And then with that growth of the business comes the fearful prospect of hiring staff. Yeah. So I've been there, like I don't have any staff. <laughs> I'm at a position where I I'm running around meeting myself. I would need somebody now to help me but I hired staff for 12 years in my retail store and the challenges were overwhelming as well and yeah. talk to us about hired staff and what does that mean so that's your second biggest hurdle once you start making a profit and you pay yourself a salary you're going to think I could hire an employee here I could expand I could hire a number of employees and hiring employees is a great business decision to increase your profit but it's not a decision to make lightly as you know Caroline so the first thing and I, I'm probably repeating myself a lot here but the first thing you need to know before you hire an employee is what is your monthly profit what profit do you make every month so how much can you 
how much money can you afford to hire an employee? Then secondly, you need to look at what is the true cost of hiring an employee? Because it's not just what you transfer into their bank account for their hours worked in the month. It's also their PAYE, which is their payroll tax. It's their national contributions, both of which you pay on their behalf to HMRC. So a lot of business owners before they hire employees don't actually realize that they pay that for their employees. It's the pension contributions. It's the sick leave in the year. It's the annual leave that they're entitled to. It's parental leave. It's any equipment that they may need, such as laptops. It's training. It's uniforms. It's all those costs are the true cost of an employee. Once you work out what that true cost is, you need to assess, does that fit into your monthly profit? And does that fit into seasonal monthly profits whereby, say, January is a slower month? Can you still afford that employee? So that's really important to assess. Once you assess that you can fit that into your current profit, fantastic. That's brilliant. Secondly, assess, can that employee bring in additional revenue for you? Because that's what you want ultimately from an employee. You want them to be if you have a passive income stream where you sell goods online, maybe they can be boxing up those goods and putting the products online and things, things that take away from your time so that you don't have to do that. So a good rule of thumb, I say, is an employee should generate twice as much revenue as they cost because then they're covering their own costs and they're also generating you a profit. So instantly by hiring that employee, you're getting more profit than you had previously. Also with employees, I would say hire your accountant to run your payroll because payroll is a nightmare. <laughs> there is so many legislative requirements with payroll now. There's your payroll tax, your national insurance, all the reports you have to submit to HMRC, pension regulators for a small monthly fee. Take that headache away from you and be assured that it's done right pay your accountant or someone to do that for you because it will make life so much easier <laughs> yeah I don't um Jared has an employee so we pay our accountant today I couldn't cope if I had to yeah. do that as well as you say it's not our skills that's what you guys are trained in doing so exactly um some people yeah. do try to do it themselves and like fair play because that is not an easy task that is hard <laughs> and even when it comes in I struggle with right how do I pay this again and who what's the reference number and I'm even struggling with the basic <laughs> of getting that paid never mind doing doing it so no I fully agree with getting someone that knows what they're doing to do that and yeah. um, so hiring employees is hard for you mentally to overcome because you're thinking am I even making enough money but if we've done all the things that you've said in the first steps of our profit and loss then we'll know that we can afford it it's getting the confidence isn't it to, to know that you only know it when you figured out the numbers Exactly. And that's the perfect word. You now have confidence to know that I can do that. And that's what the first steps of your profit margin and your early cost rate give you the confidence to know. You know your figures, you understand your business and you have the confidence to make those decisions. Oh my God, Lisa, I don't know. So, right, there's, there's so much. I wish we could just bottle you and you could, <laughs> you do, like we'll talk about it after, actually. We'll, we'll skip on to that in a wee minute. But um, here's the big thing I'm struggling with at the minute is VAT registered. Yes. I was always VAT registered whenever I had my shop because of the nature of the business. It was busy and I was over the turnover. Isn't it 85,000 that you have to be at the turnover? Um, I have two businesses. 
Jared is VAT registered. I'm not. I'm getting to the stage where one of them needs to be. Don't know what to do. Don't know if I should or I shouldn't. I'm, my head's all over the place. Talk to me about becoming VAT registered. Sure. So for anyone that's not sure, VAT, you need to VAT register when your sales, not your profit, your sales reach £85,000 in any 12-month period. Now, that's not the tax year. That's not your financial year. That is just any 12-month period. So if you are expecting to break that 85 grand, you need to register for VAT. And that means that 20% tax is added to sales and expenses. So you'll note it on invoices that you receive, you'll get a quote, a bill, and then you'll get 20% VAT added, and then that's your total. So that's what your business will start to do. Now, VAT scares people because most people don't know their profit. And if you know your profit margin, you know whether you can fit fat in. But if you don't know your profit margin and your profit is sitting around the 20% mark, that will wipe out your profit. And that's the problem for a lot of people. And then you hear people say, I made all this money, but I don't know where it's gone. It's gone. And that's the reason. So there's very simple techniques that you can put in to help manage that because it doesn't need to be a scary topic. And ultimately, it's a sign of a growing business. You've reached £85,000 of sales. Congratulations. You should be very proud. It's just another hurdle that you'll be able to get over with your accountant. So the first thing I would say, if you don't want to go VAT registered, if you're very happy with your business saying staying small, then track your monthly profit and sales with our bookkeeping spreadsheet and keep it below that 85 grand mark. But realistically, everyone wants to grow their business. They want to grow their sales. So inevitably, growing businesses are going to have to become VAT registered. So how do you deal with that? The first VAT return is your opportunity to nail VAT. And that's honestly the truth. Um, your first VAT return, you can go back four years um, and claim your expenses on setting up your business. And when you set up your business, you probably had a lot of expenses. Like, you know, you've laptops, you've phones, you've equipment, you've tables, you've chairs. You can claim back all the VAT on that. So sometimes the first VAT return can be incredibly lucrative for people. Now, a lot of, not a lot, some people take that refund from HMRC and they go on a big holiday or they use it for a deposit for a car because they think, hey, it's bonus money and I can't blame them for that, but my recommendation would be put that money aside in a pot and keep it for future VAT returns so that you have a pot of money that you can delve into. Secondly, you need to do monthly accounting with your accountant when you become VAT registered because your accountant can work out your profit and give you a monthly figure for your VAT. VAT returns get submitted quarterly and that's why people panic because they've all of a sudden hit with a three-month bill for VAT that they have to pay within a week. And they struggle. That's really hard. But if you're doing monthly accounting, your accountant can give you a monthly estimate for your VAT bill. And you can straight away take that out of your bank account and put it on your VAT, your VAT bucket. And that is so much more easier to manage from a cash flow perspective, paying out, say, two grand a month as opposed to six grand in one go. That's, way, that's a lot easier for businesses to manage. Secondly, what I would say is now you're VAT registered and you're basically taking away that 20% from your business. Your business is going to struggle with cash flow in the first year of VAT registration. 
So give yourself a break and go easy on yourself. It is a tough time for a business, but now you need to work with your accountant and strategy sessions and grow your revenue, grow your profit margin. And your aim would be to get another 20% profit margin. So get your profit margin up around the 40%. So you're recouping that profit that you've lost. So that's what I would highly recommend people do. It's an opportunity for growth in your business. It's an opportunity to spur you on to get more money into your business and to grow it quite rapidly when you become that registered because there's no better motivation for growing your business and bringing more money in than the fat man taking a good lump of your money away from you. <laughs> definitely a man. Is this fat man definitely a man? Or I think we person? just all assume it's a man, don't we? It's a tax man, the fat man. I know. Isn't that terrible? The poor men listening. Um, it could be a fat woman or a tax woman. But me and Jared always talk about this all the time because my, my husband was employed all his life and now he's employed. So he'll say to me the question, he'll look over to me every quarter and go like, is fat? Like, yeah. Dude, I do not on and me and him say I'm like dude I don't know you just have to pay it it's something you have to pay you can charge it and you you pay it back you know we charge yeah. it right then but you claim it back is that you know so it's like and an you know, thing you never really owned it it never owned it that's why it's great to have a separate fat bucket and set it aside every month once you're once your accountant calculates what that monthly VAT would be rather than waiting to the end of the quarter, because that's when people struggle with cash flow. It's really the cash flow element of VAT that people struggle with because they think they have the money. They spend it in the two months prior and then they get hit with the VAT bill. Um, but, you know, it's not something to be scared of. It is a really good sign of a growing business and it shows legitimacy to a business because, you know, that's quite an established business if you're VAT registered and it's something you should be very proud of, but it is something you have to work on. Work on your cash flow and work on growing your profit. And you know that spreadsheet that you said that's good for you to download to manage monthly? If you don't have monthly meetings with your accountant, mm -hmm. is that spreadsheet good for you working out what your VAT's going to be? Um, absolutely, because you can put in your sales and expenses and it will automatically work out your profit. And if you take 20% of that, it's a good estimate and set that aside. There you go. There's your fat bucket that will help you. Okay. So if you're not uh, having a monthly meeting with your accountant, it's maybe only a quarterly, you can yep. take all of that yourself. If you are filling out that spreadsheet already, just take away 20% and that's what you're going to be on. God, I'm good, aren't I? After all. Absolutely. You've nailed it. See, me. If, I could it. if I was just doing this myself, but I'm going to because it's just... <laughs> overwhelms Jared and I yeah. every quarter and we never kind of know if we're coming or going and you know we don't want to fall out anymore <laughs> but I kind of understand it because of my history in retail more than he would so as a new business owner he struggles yeah. a lot more with the logistics of that than I do mentally but I mean we all struggle let's face it and lots of people listening do as well so and I do sympathize with business owners because 85,000 is a very low threshold nowadays because it's on sales it's not on profit so when you take your expenses out of that, there's not a lot left for a business, but I don't make the laws if I did, if I was prime minister, <laughs> I would oh, give dear. small businesses a break, but. That's a whole other podcast. But is. <laughs> if I was prime minister, this is <laughs> it might inspire them all, let's be honest. But yeah. here, um, look, I, like, I want to delve into, maybe we'll do another podcast now with different things. Like I want to know about expenses. What are the, maybe just before we end, what, what, like there's a graphic on your um, Instagram and I was reading through all the things. Um, 
I how do I purchase a car through my company like yeah. what just just give us a wee brief overview about that that's something that people want to do obviously through their business and what's the benefits of that yeah look any guides that I have online it's questions that I get really often and uh how do I purchase a car or what's my most tax efficient way to put my car through my business is what I get asked basically from every single client and so there's a number of ways you can do that um you can either claim for your insurance your expenses your um MOT um and your diesel through the business now if you have if you use that car for personal reasons then you have to apportion out the personal element of that and only apply the business element and you can deduct that or secondly you can claim for mileage and for a lot of people um mileage can be really lucrative because you can get 45p per mile and the reason 45p per mile is really lucrative is that it's it's intended to cover all those costs such as servicing and insurance and MOT and new tires and things like that so there's the two routes you can either claim the expenses or the mileage but the best option to do at tax time is to give your account of both figures give them the expenses for your car and give them the mileage they did you did and then they can work out which is more tax efficient for you to claim so put that back in your accountant to make those decisions um and and then let them advise you the best route forward okay right so that's what I mean by we could have a whole other podcast on expenses and what <laughs> we should be keeping and they shouldn't be all in a spar bag and um, that we give to you they need to be yeah. electronic and all of that so look <laughs> make a plan you're going to come back and help us all again um, and or the next series or whatever but for now we've a lot to work on and we're going to work on all of those things that you've talked to us about because I can talk about social media and digital marketing and Facebook ads and all of that until I'm doing the face but at the end of the day if the money's not right and the figures are not getting managed we're actually being counterproductive there I believe so um you can grow but it can be all over the place if the money isn't sorted out and it gives me anxiety I have to say so you're helping me and helping so many people Lisa what way Lisa do you work now so people can find you on across all the social media platforms is that right I'm not on Facebook I'm only on Instagram you as a social media expert would probably shout at me for that yes I you need now you you need Facebook is still one of the biggest growing platforms and you do such amazing work on Instagram this is my my tip to you I'm giving back to you now you get that account set up and get them linked um, in the back end so that when you're posting your content on one it's automatically going to go to your other platforms and you don't have to think about now lots of digital marketers would say you should be creating different um uh, content for different platforms I believe as a busy business owner you're better being on two than just on one so get that content over for the audience on Facebook you're doing them a disservice by not telling your people on Facebook and and sometimes it can be a totally different audience and you're reaching a new new people so um let you before you come back on the next podcast (laughs) that's your job right I need a Facebook okay it's on my list but for now, you're on Instagram um, at the lady accountant. Now, when I say at the lady accountant, does that mean, what does that mean for your clients? Because is, do you have men that are your clients? We we have men, male clients as well. Yeah, we have female, we have male clients. Um, My brand happens to be pink and the lady accountant, but we cater for all clients. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So um, Lisa's on Instagram at the lady accountant and 
you know, I will share some tips from her when her podcast goes live from her page, but I know you're all going to be looking her up. And, you know, you are obviously, you're a growing business too, and you have people working, you have a team there, so you do have capacity, but at the end of the day, you can't help everybody that listens to the Dig podcast, but you just given that advice. Um, Lisa, don't underestimate how unbelievable that is for helping change people's businesses. And that's why I love doing the podcast, because we can bring free advice to people that can actually change things for them. And it's actually brilliant. Like I feel very um, proud to have you on here today and be able to change someone's business. So thank you for that. Thank you very much for having me. Honestly, it's been a goal of mine to get on to the Dig podcast. You're infamous, Caroline, and I love listening to your podcast. So I'm delighted. You see you even saying that to me. Like you see when I started off my podcast, I and even now, like I, I, I reach out to people and they don't want, you know, they don't want to know because they don't just don't this. It's just that whole, oh, who is this and what is this? And it's that people just don't know till they know. So you even saying to me, it's been a goal to come on the big podcast. I'm like, oh my God, imagine somebody saying that about this podcast. So thank you for that. I'll always have you on. Oh my God, you're like a fountain <laughs> of knowledge. So no, never think that. Just be, I'm just glad that you said yes. And um, let this be the start of a good relationship now for you helping us all. Absolutely. I agree. And I, I can't wait to help everyone. So please, anyone that needs help, reach out, send us a message on Instagram, reach out via our, our website. You can book in for a free consultation call and we'll have a chat and we'll see what we can do for your business. We'd love to help you. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Lisa. And we will chat to you again soon. Thanks, Caroline. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to another week of the Dig podcast. In order for the podcast to grow, some people mightn't actually realize this. It really helps if you follow the podcast or subscribe. So depending on what platform you listen on, if you could take two seconds out of your time and go and either subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, and that just helps the podcast rank higher, the algorithm, you know, all the tacky things but also helps me have a further reach help more people and also be able to get more guests on the podcast too so don't underestimate that little follow or that subscribe I really really appreciate it I also love to hear if you find the podcast useful so let me know on social send me a DM on dig for success if you want a screenshot and share it with the rest of your audience I will do my best to reshare that on social as well I will see you all again next week and until then let's just keep taking those small steps every Every day to improving our businesses, but also just being happier, better people.